0: Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series, brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hi, this is Larry
1: Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And in this episode of Tax Talk, I wanted to address a question that I've heard a few times over the last couple months about the use of Series EE or Series I U.S. savings bonds and the exemption of the interest income from taxation when used for higher education costs. So though there is a provision in the Internal Revenue Code that allows you to cash Series EE or Series I savings bonds and use the proceeds for qualified higher education expenses and the interest income that would normally be reported as taxable income would be exempt, not taxable. But there are limitations and I thought I would briefly discuss those so people could have a better understanding of who it applies to and who it does not. So first step is the Series EE bonds or the Series I inflation bonds have to be issued after 1989 so they cannot be bonds that you've owned previously they have to be issued after 1989 the interest income will be tax-free when the bonds are cashed if the proceeds both principal and interest are used for qualified education expenses and that will include tuition and fees towards a degree or certificate program, but does not include books, room and board, and other costs like travel. Unlike a 529 distribution, which may include some of those other qualified education expenses, this exemption amount limits those expenses which can be used. Second, the money must be used for either the parent or a dependent child of the parent. Those are the only people that the exemption is available for. Here are the things that have to take place in addition to the bonds being issued after 1989. The buyer of the bonds must be 24 years or older at the time of purchase. The parents can purchase bonds for the use of the kid's education, but the bonds must, and I repeat, must be owned by the parents. The child cannot be the owner of the bonds. If a child was given bonds for gifts when they were born or later on in life, those bonds cannot be used for these purposes because those bonds are not owned by the parent, they are owned by the child. Again, the buyer or the owner of the bonds must be 24 years old at the time of purchase. The expenses must occur in the same year that the bonds are redeemed and principal and interest both must be used. You can't say I'm using just the interest and not the principal. If you do not use 100% of the proceeds from cashing those bonds, then there would be an allocation of the percent of that amount that was used to pay for the qualified higher education expenses, and that would be the same ratio to exempt the interest income on your tax return. Now, the big issue is the limitation Unadjusted gross income. Not everyone is eligible for this tax free status of the interest income. There are limitations based on your income. If you are a married filing joint filer, again, married filing joint, this exemption phases out between $128,650 and $158,650, or basically a $30,000 phase-out. During that period, you would phase out this exemption and once you're over $158,650, you are no longer eligible for this exemption. A single individual would be half of that, well, more than half of that, but the phase-out is $15,000. It's $85,800 to $100,800. Again, you are not allowed the exemption of the tax-free income if your adjusted gross income is above those limits. Last point I wanna make is there is a way to transfer the proceeds, instead of paying for qualified high education expenses, to transfer the proceeds from cashing the bonds to a 529 account. Doing so will also create an exemption of that income You have 60 days from the sale or the cashing of the bonds because you can't put the bonds directly into the 529, they must be cashed, and then the cash gets put into the 529 account. You have to do that within 60 days, but then again, don't forget, these AGI limits still apply. So if you wanted to change your investment strategy, weren't ready to pay for college, you could cash the bonds and put them into a 529 account tax-free and then obviously when you take that money out of the 529 to pay for qualified higher education expenses. The earnings on the 529 are not subject to tax and 529 distributions are not dependent on AGI. So if you think your adjusted gross income will go up in the future, there may be a way to transfer those bonds to a 529 prior to exceeding the income limits and then in the future using that 529 money to pay for qualified education expenses. Again, I hope this helped explain some of the rules. I think people read and determine, oh I can use it, I can take Series EE bonds and not pay tax and and unfortunately there are quite a few limitations based on the age of the owner of the bonds, when they were purchased and your adjusted gross income. Hope this helps and have a good day and stay safe out there.
0: Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.